Welcome to Plot Spackle. From this point forward, there will be spoilers. You've been warned. Welcome to Plot Spackle. I'm John and I'm a Gryffindor. I'm Eric and I'm a Ravenclaw. I'm Richard and I'm a Slytherin. And it uh, looks like we're going to be filling our plot holes today with uh, these magic wands that this website said that we were supposed to get. Uh, mine's apparently a 14 and a half inch Hawthorne wood with a unicorn hair core and a slightly springy. Let's see, I have a, a blackthorn wood. It's 13 and a half inches long, a unicorn hair core, and somehow unyieldingly flexibility. How come everything turns into a wand measuring contest with you guys? Just tell us how long your wand is, Richard. It's 12 and a half inches, made out of chestnut wood, and I get dragon heartstring, guys. Mine has dragons involved. Uh, my Ours probably took the murder of a unicorn. Yeah, that means you guys are like the worst people ever. I think we're worse uh, together, though. I think our, we have the same hair from the same unicorn. Well, Richard, you said you were in Slytherin. That is arguably, like... The baddie class. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe if we had a unicorn hair... Bunch of Dumbledore flunkies over here. Uh, uh, no. <sighs> hang on, hang on. Let me see. What am I going to get punished for today? Oh, yes. Harry Potter sneezed, so ten points away from Slytherin. Sounds fair. Yeah, works for me. I know how this <laughs> works. I'm just going to go hang out with the uh, Hufflepuff over by the kitchen while he, he tells me his conspiracy stories, so... All right. So, yeah, we're talking about uh, some uh, magical world stuff here, specifically... Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. But first, we got another review on iTunes, and this time we're going to read it. All right. So we we got a review from King Graham Cracker, and they say, This is a fun podcast. Their plot hole ex explanations are reasonable and well thought out. The banter between the three of them is entertaining and doesn't interrupt the flow of the podcast at all. Oh. Which, wait, wait, wait. I want to interrupt the flow of the podcast right here. Don't oh. do that. We, we already did that by doing the review, but thank you, no, King no, Cracker. And uh, I kind of like your uh, username there. Uh, the reference, I believe, to a King's Quest, because that's the King Graham I can think of. I thought there was just a larger than average size Graham Cracker. You know, a King size Graham Cracker. Like King size Snickers. Unless I'm mistaken, it might be something else. In that case, but I, hey. I don't have perfect knowledge of everything. I admit my failings. Thank you for your kind words, though. It, it makes us really happy, actually. It does. And we're always glad to read the reviews until we become so popular that there's just too many of them. I think we'll still keep root. Which will probably be never. Maybe we'll, we'll do a second spinoff of us just reading reviews. <laughs> you guys should try to get there. That would be amazing. That'd be a, that, that's a Patreon reward. Us reading reviews. But anyways, we're talking about... It's not. I was going to say Harry Potter and the Fantastic Beasts, but it's not Harry. It's just Fantastical Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yep. It's true. That one came out on the 20th of November, 2016, with a budget of about $180 million. It grossed, in the U.S. alone, $234 million, with a worldwide gross of about... $814 million. Ooh, that's a knockout of the park right there. They made some money. It is indeed magical. Those millennial nerds loving their Harry Potters. There's no Harry Potter in this. It's just wizard stuff. It's not even the same wizard stuff. This is American wizard stuff. Ugh. Like, technically, we should have had different schools that we were from. Yeah. From the, the American Academy of Magic. In all honesty, who even knows about those? Like... 
the Gryffindor and all that jazz. Like, that's a part of the lexicon now. But tr- stop trying to make the American houses a thing. It's not going to happen. So anyways, uh, what's this movie about? So basically, you have uh, the main character, Newt Scamander, who just loves his magical creatures. In fact, his job is to go around and uh, collect them uh, for... Does he get paid? I don't know if it's actually his job. I think it's just kind of like a hobby he indulges in. Or I think he's there to like kind of protect them. Like, I guess he's kind of the Pokemon trainer of his day where he needs to catalog them. I'm not sure. I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, so I didn't go super deep into any of the external lore that I would consider this to be. But yeah, so uh, as a subplot, there's a uh, an evil wizard called Not Voldemort who wants to kill all muggles. Or no matches in this point. And, well, his plot is foiled. So, uh, yeah. Because of Newt Scamander and his bag of creatures. His bag of many tricks? Yeah. Alright, so let's get into some plot holes. Okay, so the first plot hole is Grindelwald, the not Voldemort. Basically, he's a evil Hitler wizard. Uh, but he has infiltrated the American uh, Horror Department in order to track down an Obscurial. Uh, the obscural here is a creature that's basically formed out of like extreme anger. I think I can't remember like specifically what it does, but have all all you Harry Potter nerds uh, write in and let me know how exactly wrong I am. They they're just raw untamed magical energy. Oh yeah, that's really hard to control and or stop. Okay, it's from someone who's uh, magic, but they don't want to believe their magic. And so it, they don't control it, and it be, manifests itself separately and becomes a destructive, mindless force, driven entirely by emotion. Nerds! I'm kidding. Anyways, continue. Welcome, says the guy on a podcast talking about movies. Oh, look at all those uh, amiibos he's got on his uh, desk, too. Ah, that's geekdom. That's different. Man, coming from the person who had his wand length ready. Well, of course, I'm not going to memorize it. <laughs> Anyways. So, uh, Grindelwald's goal was to harness the power of this Obscurus. So why did he have to go to trouble playing uh, the role of Graves, the uh, the Auror? So why doesn't he just capture someone, uh, torture them, and make an Obscurus for himself? So uh, that sounds even more complicated than what he was actually doing. I don't think at any point in the movie it says that he be- he hit his Graves specifically to find this Obscurial. I think he hit his Graves because it would be an excellent place to hide. He's on the run from Europe already, where he's, you know, being all wizardy Hitler, but didn't manage to make it stick yet. And so, so he heads off to America and joins the people who would be looking for him. So if anybody gets any good hints on where to find this evil Grindelwald fellow, he'll hear about it. Basically, he replaced the guy who would have been in charge of tracking him down. That seems just like a great idea. Like, if you wanted to... Like, if you could impersonate someone perfectly, like, do the person who's supposed to be looking for you. Succeeds, he finds you. Congratulations. It was a trap. And then he just happened to find the Obscurial. Because the way Obscurials form, it wouldn't be something that you would be able to track normally. Like, you have to find someone who has uh, latent magical powers that has no connection to the magical world and already kind of has the mindset that the magic is bad. Another thing, too, so he's part of the this group looking for, well, himself, but other, like, dangerous magical artifacts. If your uh, magic Hitler 
isn't that kind of a good place to find those like bad things that you can then use for your own nefarious deeds? Just to kind of throw that off on a tangent. Yeah, so I think Grunderwald was actually a bit more clever than you think. He was in a good spot, even if there was no Obscurial. And really, considering the uh, climate between the uh, Magical Society and the Nomadges at that point, he's in an excellent position if he can manipulate other people unwillingly. Like, without them realizing, like, he was leading on getting um, people to be executed for what could not have been a capital crime. Like, they were a threat to him, but their general mistakes isn't something I'd say, like, yeah, we should kill someone for that. Like, seriously, that's pretty, pretty hardcore. Well, what that kind of leads into the next plot hole about how little they care about uh, the non-magical people in the Americas. Because, you know, there's the magical American president and her staff who just kind of watch our main character, Newt, launch some kind of unknown chemical into rain clouds to just start dumping whatever magic he did all over this. I mean, they're supposed to be here to be trying to keep this whole thing a secret, right? But having some random dude shooting stuff into clouds to make it rain might be considered a bad plan as part of that. And, I mean, it really seems that they don't care a whole lot about Nomadges at all. So, just in general, guess they're expendable? Welcome to 1930s, where racism was definitely a thing. Huh. So, <laughs> uh, caring about people was actually low on a list. I don't know if you paid attention to how many people died in making a lot of old movies. Um, let's see, they just come... Well, it's been about 10 years since World War Two or World War One. First just, one. Yeah, just before World War Two. So, just ask, I don't know, New Yorkers in the 1920s and 30s how they felt about Irishmen. Those immigrants coming and taking their jobs. Not that we're saying that Obviously, Irishmen are bad or anything, but just at the time, pretty much discrimination was okay. And we know that the U.S. government had been actually actively testing chemicals on citizens. So, And not long after that, the uh, diseases. So, yeah, in the 1930s, people are kind of dicks. That's just, that's the reason. Like, the other one is maybe they've grown to trust Newt a bit more. Without a Grindelwald Graves nearby trying to pull the strings, they can suddenly look at him and say, wait a minute, this guy doesn't actually ever do anything intentionally to harm someone if he can avoid it. Like, he, if he thought this was dangerous, he wouldn't let it happen. I mean, he's careless, but this was more of an intentional thing. Another thing I thought of, maybe the magical FDA hadn't been uh, created yet. Oh yeah, so there's no magical FDA. That's another reason. Well, and I... Definitely there's no wizard OSHA, because OSHA didn't happen until the 70s, so... And that's when we got into boring things like <laughs> cauldron thickness. You want the Peter Weasleys of the world to be happy? So, uh, here's another question here. So, uh, our president uh, seems to be very motivated by protecting wizard secrecy, primarily to stop a war with the Nomadges. Why are they so worried? Like, it'd be a very one-sided war. I mean... They have these killing curses. I mean, the wizards have magic. They literally can just do stuff. They can heal wounds. They can replace bones. They can lose their bones. They live longer. I mean, this would be extremely one-sided war. So what are they so worried about? Well, you said... Other it... than, you know, to avoid an international uh, embarrassment. Well, you said it would be a very one-sided war, and I agree with you. Mostly on the Nomadges side. Because you know what Nomadges have? Guns. And we all know that bullets are faster than curses. Given that you can actually track line of sight, watching spells go, I 
guess I'm going to have to agree with that. Uh, but, I mean, couldn't they also just, like, mind control all the muggles in the war? I, I think a bit of it actually has to do with, you know, just basic human decency. Like, they don't want to have to fight muggles. They don't want to have to kill the nomadges. They, and, to be honest, in America, there isn't the same um, wizarding caste system. Like, I don't think they care so much about where you come from. With uh, having, you know, coming from the no muggle or from the no match background to be a wizard now. They don't like, they have this problem with no matches, but they don't have like the houses in the same way that like the um, United Kingdom's wizarding world does or the European. And so that's just a big problem is, is if they go to war, they're going to have trouble getting new wizards. And I think they actually just don't want to have to kill people. Like, nobody really wants that. And like, war doesn't... War is not pretty. It's not something anyone should really want. And this is how many years after the First World War, which, you know, people... I mean, the First it, World it's War in people's is mind. Yeah. Especially in America, where we didn't have, like, the full effect of it, but we still had veterans coming back and, they, you know, being all dismembered. And it was definitely... And the gas attacks. Yeah, I think that would have played greatly into just, hey, let's not fight a bunch of people. War sucks. Well, and on top of that, when they don't have... When you have all of the people who can be spontaneously born as wizards, if, you know, your parents were killed by... You know, one of your parents was killed in a war against wizards, and then you go, wait a minute, now I've got magical power. I can go kill those people who killed my parents. Or you become an obscurial. Or you become an obscurial, or you end up with a magical holocaust, because, you know... Yeah, that sounds like the sort of thing Grindelwald would want. It kind of does, yeah. So I want to point out, whoever wrote this plot hole on this website, you're like Grindelwald. <laughs> I want you to think about that. Alright. And for the last plot hole we have is... So uh, Newt uh, Scamander is coming from England, and he has the, you know, the entire magical uh, universe at his fingertips... He can tr uh, teleport himself. Trans Thousands of... Apparate. Whatever. Uh, he can trans... Uh, duperate. Whatever. <laughs> Thousands of miles. And he travels on boat because... Maybe he uh, likes boats. And you can't actually apparate thousands of miles. It's actually fairly limited if you see any... Like with the books. I think you kind of have to know where you're going. So he'd have to have been to America before. America's a big place. You just, I, I assume it's magic. Why don't you just think, take me to America? And flu networks might be hard to maintain over huge distances, plus they're not, like, how secure would you want to have international flu networks? I mean, to be honest, the U.S. and the U.K. were not 100% best buddies at this time. Like, you know, we're friends-ish. Frenemies? Yeah. And so, would you want the flu network? And then, I think port keys have to be set up specifically, so it'd be good for, like, large groups of wizards to travel but I think Newt also kind of wanted to be low-key. Like, he didn't, like, first thing go and try and uh, walk into the Ministry of Magic and have, like, his wand registered. He was kind of avoiding contact with the wizards. Almost like he didn't want to get caught with a suitcase full of magical creatures. Yeah, some of them, I believe, are uh, restricted or on, like, kill lists and stuff. Yeah, he's kind of a rebel against his own people. Plus, honestly, 
you think Newt would not want to cross the ocean and maybe run into magical creatures on the way? There might be a giant squid, guys. Yeah, he would have been looking over and be like, oh, some is that a tentacle? Is there a kraken? I gotta shake hands with the kraken. Please release the kraken. It's like, oh, mermaids. I mean, so many water things. He could have made so many friends. Like, he'd been like, I'm on this boat. I want to see something cool. And he probably did. We just don't know about it. So... I don't think there was many plot holes for this one. So what's everyone's thoughts on the movie? About wizards, I mean, the magical wizarding world of J.K. Rowling. We know Eric's not impressed. I I like the movies, but I just haven't... It's been such a long time since I last saw them, and I kind of just don't get the Harry Potter hype. Um, I mean, I did kind of grow up on with them, but uh, I went on my mission two weeks before the sixth book was released. So cut out two years of not being able to read that. And it's just, oh, I also had that ending spoiled for me, by the way, (laughs) like six months before I was supposed to come home. And it's like, well, I did. I tried to do good. See, so with, with Harry Potter, with the books, um, I read the first book while at a football game because uh, we were in the marching band but we didn't actually do marching. You know, we played the music from the stands. Oh yeah, I did and that it was, too. Like pep band or whatever. Yeah, and uh, it was cold, so we don't act, weren't actually playing that much because we can't have... Some instruments just don't work well in the cold. What, what instrument did you play, John? I, I'm, I play clarinet. <gasps> no way, me too. Richard? No, he doesn't play anything. No, I, I didn't play anything. Wait, you did some piano, right? Yeah, but uh, they didn't have piano and pep band. But, but back that would have been so hard to carry. Yeah, so back to the story... Um, my friend had got the books and he was reading them and he said they were really good. And uh, so he let me borrow it and I just read the whole thing there. The first book. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so I enjoyed the books. I, I found them to be fun reads. That was, that was about where I was at. I actually also read it again. The first book was out when I was in high school and I was in a book club and we read it for our book club and my official review on it was, yeah, it was okay. And then it turned into this giant, you know, thing. So uh, I guess we saw, you know, who was right and who got mil- who was uh, soon to be a millionaire. So, yeah, I think the big appeal for it was really, you, you know, it was designed to go to a be to be a kid, and you could have magical powers. Anybody could have these magical powers, and all uh, that was something that was really cool and appealing. Like my real. My, again, my beef with the film here isn't a plot hole. I just don't think the slang no match would ever work. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. No match isn't, doesn't flow and it's not sounds consistent way too with the, the time. Maybe it's more like slang or whatever, like dirty slang. I don't know. I just, I keep bringing up that it sounds bad to me. Yeah, like normies, norms. Yeah, mundanes. I mean, like muggle has a good, like that has a good ring to it. Yeah, Muggles got that kind of flow. But, but then again, I mean, that period of time, we had all sorts of interesting slang that I don't even know, so. And some that shouldn't be repeated in polite company. Like, it's kind of funny to listen to um, people who grew up in the early in the early part of the last century, and um, they'll be using uh, words that, well, to us, are fairly fairly crude or whatever. It's like, oh my gosh, Grandma, what are you saying? Well, you don't, you don't, you grew up in the middle of uh, nowhere, USA. Your town had 400 people in it. Okay, I'm not condoning what you're saying, but I'm recognizing your upbringing. Yeah, I know, I know that where you're coming from and that you don't know matter or just, that's just how you speak. Just think about in the future when your uh, grandkids are like, oh, did you hear it, Grandpa? Uh, Eric, he said the bomb. 
What is up with that? That's so offensive. Bombs are symbols of terrorism. Yeah. The bomb. This record is the bomb. Gosh, Grandpa, we don't care about your records. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Fantastic Beasts, Where to Find Them. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it on DVD afterwards. I think it's a fun little thing. Um, I don't quite understand why there is the animosity to the Nomadges anyways. It's 1930s and everyone was racist? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what where the point I get. That's about the only real justification I have there. Because yeah. a lot of... At least in America, it seemed that a lot of the industry and infrastructure that the wizards were using and depended on was still being built and worked on by the regular people. And it's just the difference between the like the new world magics versus the old world, because um, I have read the like origin of the magical school in the U.S., and it does have this kind of forget-the-old-way-of-doing things so that was a bit more... Um, inclusive but it doesn't show through in that um in the final film there so i think maybe things changed or it's just to get that appeal of a distrust and upcoming magical war that's going to happen because of grindelwald and yeah the fact that he managed to escape so we're recording this so that you know we can take advantage of the sequel coming out to hopefully boost these numbers yep yep um (laughs) shamelessly uh, are you guys going to go see this uh the next movie in theaters the uh crimes of grindelwald um, I can't say positively yes or no, because I don't see a lot of movies in theaters right now. I can only get a couple a year. Usually I end up going and seeing films with my family. So if my family goes and watches it, maybe. Doesn't your girlfriend like Harry Potter stuff? She does, and we may end up going and seeing it. Unless she wants to go see it with her Harry Potter friends. Uh, in which case we may go end up seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... That's our plot holes being filled for Fantastic Beaks and Where to Find Them. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, please uh, contact us on our Facebook page at Plot Spackle. You know, we're fairly active on there and we try and get back to you as soon as we can. Or say hi to us on Twitter at Plot Spackle Pod. We sometimes even check that. Uh, let's see. We also have an email, uh, Plot Spackle Podcast at gmail.com. If you have a movie you want us to uh, check out and fill its plot holes. Oh, don't forget to... Subscribe on Patreon as well, where we actually have extra episodes. Uh, We recently just actually recorded one with Richard, where he went down a giant rabbit hole talking about giant monsters and why giant robots are so much better than a giant wall. It's true. And it ended up being horrendously long. So if you want to hear me rant for like an extra episode's worth of stuff, check it out. But you pay for that. So, (laughs) you know, whatever. You deserve it. Anyways. Thank you, guys. Probably need a sign-off or something. We definitely need some kind of sign-off. Because that just kind of, like, ended. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just keep talking, and then maybe they'll just leave. We just have it... We just need to have it slowly fade out. I told you we should have a canned ending. We should. We need to figure a canned ending out. Um, how about... Avada Kedavra! We can have a Mexican wizard standoff. Where we both have, like, two wands pointed at each other. Give each other the shifty eyes. Yeah. Actually, I was actually thinking that um, what if Trump like listened to our podcast and then decided that maybe instead of building a wall, he should have giant robots deployed along the Mexican border? Awesome. Like, you, like you Luchadores know? versus giant robots. <gasps> Luchadore robots? Yeah. Awesome. Luchadores versus robots, Hollywood. Get yeah. on that. <laughs> also, this doesn't have anything to do with Harry Potter anymore. Yeah, this is probably not even going to be in there. I think, I think Eric's just going to cut most of this and he can just show we'll up. We'll tie it. We'll tie it in. We really magic sh- luchador robots. We really need to have like an end here, though. So thanks for listening to Plot Spackle. I hope I don't even know where we're going anywhere.
Well, I'm staying here. Thanks for listening to Plot Spackle. And when you're watching a movie and you see a plot hole, think of us. And remember, a wizard did it. <laughs>